Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Well, Christmas has come early because we have Jennifer on, or Jen, because she said that she liked having, Yes, she's a Jen. Early holiday treat. Yeah, this will be our last original podcast of 2019. We're going to take a little break. There will still be episodes, yeah, that we'll want you to listen to over the break, but we are really excited i always say that to speak to jen and for this to be the way that our last original content episode plays out we are new best yes she's a founder of talk play learn and she really talks to us about how her organization is really an educational concierge service she's very good at picking words for the things. Oh. I know it sounds bougie, like concierge, but the way that she explains it, it just, it makes sense. You know, she is about finding that perfect fit, whether it be a tutor, whether it be a school, whether it be a professional, whether it be a charter school versus a homeschool for your child, just really around what it is your child right. needs. And focusing on collaboration, not competition, she said. Yes. So even in just the partnership she builds, through her entrepreneur. Wow. Yeah, and that's a separate entity that she's able to kind of be a connector and build a global network where, you know, education is a vehicle for change. But getting those people in this world that Amanda and I have been getting to know so many new people, and that is education and in whatever form that that takes. And I think it's just it's a really unique way of connecting professionals. And then the talk, play, learn is a very unique way in being able to have play be the connector between teaching and between learning and you know are we academic coaching a child for their executive functioning deficits are we just giving them tips and tricks to transition into college it just seems like whatever question you have if she doesn't know the answer she will connect you to somebody that does it was a fascinating conversation down the road talking so much about education in the greater sense Yes. You know, there's not just one way to learn. She was talking about how, you know, she really is trying to level the learning field and just her personal background and expertise in education is really unparalleled. And her being able to kind of see the bigger picture of things, I think, is the philosophy behind her company and really how, you know, she is nurturing a love of learning in the children that she sees. And she, of course, mentioned how she wasn't necessarily on the recording, but she was just could not stop talking about the administrative team and just the team in general that make up the teach, play, learn and how, you know, she couldn't have been able to grow her company without those individuals. So, I mean, it was a great conversation. We really hope you enjoy. Okay. Have a happy new year. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Okay, tell us a little bit about your background. So I was born and raised here in Los Angeles. Oh, so actually we're not here, right? We're well, I'm in Orange County. Yeah. 
Actually, to people across the country, they think it's Los Angeles. They think all of Southern California is Los Angeles, right? <laughs> kind but of. And Orange County people are like, oh, no, it's Orange County. <laughs> right, right. Well, I guess technically I'm probably more born and raised in Southern California. Okay. I've been both Los Angeles and San Diego. Oh, okay. okay. There you go. Yep. Sure. And let's see. What else do we need to know? <laughs> There's so many how did you get to where you are today? Oh, gosh. Okay. So how I got to where I am today. It's a long and windy road, but it started probably, oh, it's actually started as far back as nine years old. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be a teacher or an education in some way. So okay. I chose my college program mm-hmm. based on their education program, uh, which led me to Santa Clara University mm-hmm. in Northern California. Oh, yeah. They amazing Jesuit school, very much focused mm-hmm. on serving the underserved, mm-hmm. and, you know, social justice issues and things of that nature. So I went there for undergrad, um, where I studied liberal studies, their education major, and then a minor in urban education. Mm. And then I explored some other things and ultimately decided my heart was still very much in education. Yeah. So did the multiple subject teaching credential thing, oh, wow. the single subject teaching credential thing, a master's in education. <laughs> it was like... Really went for think, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, let's do it. Absolutely. And then through all that time, I was also teaching, gosh, all different grade levels. Did you make it back down south or were you still up north? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I mainly, let's see, I taught, I'd say about eight, nine years up there, both in kind of classroom settings mm-hmm. as well as, you know, outside the classroom mm-hmm. settings, public, private, charter, oh, wow. special day, oh, wow. disturbed, yeah. a lot, a Everything. lot of Ran programs, the yeah. Yeah. a lot of different programs, and then moved to Los Angeles, moved back rather, uh, about eight years ago. Mm. And kind of did similarly, jumped around different age groups, mm-hmm. was an administrator for a while, and then resigned with that, actually to pursue a totally different career, which will be a tangent, I won't go down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still doing it, though, uh, with family and real estate. Yeah. Oh, okay. We uh, pivot sometimes in yeah, our life. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. So I, I love- think that that's what's good about it. I think I heard a quote, and it was like, at 50, everybody should just like do the opposite of what they're doing, like just to change it up, you know, because now with longevity and things like that. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I pivoted a little bit that way. I still do that. Love it. Actually, my heart is always been, my training has always been, you know, in education primarily. So five and a half years ago, Teach Play Learn, my current education company kind of evolved out of a private practice. Okay. And I started collaborating with a number of different specialists in the area. Yeah. That's what we noticed. So it's like a connector. That's how we like to see you as, and some other people. Yeah. 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 Because everybody is doing their own thing, Mm -hmm. but so many of us are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you just want to refer the same speech and language pathology. It's just like, no, this person, I think because you're dealing with the dyslexia or describe, you know, Mm -hmm. this person's right for you. And the more people that you see, and we've had the advantage of having the podcast of meeting so many more people and knowing how many people are doing. And just like we say, kids learn so many different ways and we shouldn't have one way to do it. We have to have alternative ways to teach these kids. Well, one of the first things I saw I noticed on your website was you say, are you in a moment of more? Talk about that. (laughs) Okay, so a moment of more is I think just kind of a question that kind of uh, that pops up in different times of your life or a family's mm-hmm. unit's life, whether it's you're looking for more challenge or you're mm-hmm. looking for more support or you're looking for more answers or you're mm-hmm. looking for more resources mm-hmm. or a different school environment or, you know, more can be 
now we're looking for less, quite frankly, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but whatever it is, you're going to search and sending you know, pop-ups, Google mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and asking friends reviews and Yelp and whatever other tool mm-hmm. at your disposal. And then 13 hours later, you are more confused than ever. Yep. <laughs> and you feel like you're drinking from a fire hose. Yep. So that's kind of where we step in. So it, we call ourselves an educational concierge, mm-hmm. or we are an educational mm-hmm. concierge. And so that is really... The first kind of step of that is really being the matchmaker or the kind of hub of resources mm-hmm. that you were mentioning. And it is. It's about finding that family's perfect fit. And, you know, there are lots of different schools, lots of different yeah. tutors, lots of different, you know, specialists, mm-hmm. lots of different allied professionals of all different kinds. Yeah. And it is great that those resources are available. But it can be very intimidating. Yeah. Um, difficult to know questions to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I properly vet said person? How do mm-hmm. I know it's working? Oh, mm-hmm. versus how do I just give it more time? Right. There's a lot of different conversations in there. Right. And so as an educational concierge, our goal is really to help bring peace of mind to families, mm-hmm. to help them navigate unfamiliar educational situations with more ease and hopefully simplify the process for them yeah. so that they can focus their energy and resources yeah. and time and money you know, on the more important things like weighing yeah. difficult decisions as a family. Yeah, or even just the concept of you might have 15 therapies in a week, especially if you have multiple kids. Mm -hmm. How do you juggle that? And, you know, we've talked to a lot of moms Mm -hmm. out there and about making sure that the parents themselves have a life of their own. Absolutely. That is not just dictated by the schedule of their child, especially. It's not 100%. Yeah, we often will kind of serve as a um, I, don't, I hate to call it a case manager, but I feel like that helps people kind of mm-hmm. right. Yeah, we're kind of an umbrella for each family mm-hmm. that will help yeah. centralize, you know, all the different allied professionals in mm-hmm. their equation. Or if they have outside tutors or things of that nature, you know, we we very much believe in a kind of collaboration over competition mm-hmm. mindset. And yeah. So you know, we frequently work link arms with other companies, tutoring companies, even yeah. professionals, you know, of all kinds, because it's all about again, with or without us, that family's perfect. And so that's kind of stage one for us. And then Mm -hmm. stage two, you know, should the family need it or desire it, then we have our our full comprehensive services Mm -hmm. team that kind of holistically wraps their arms around each family. Mm -hmm. So So was this kind of something that stemmed out of a void that you found in the public school system with the kids that you were serving? So I started the majority of my classroom teaching experience was in the public sector. And so I also served in the private sector and homeschool as well. And I found that my kind of K-12 lens, as well as the, you know, private public homeschool, Mm -hmm. I kind of understood these unique pockets of transitioning out of one and into another or trying to find, you know, your your kind of niche within them. Mm -hmm. There's lots of different philosophies in the public sector, in private sector too. Yeah. Whether magnet, charter, you name it. So so I found myself in a lot of conversations around, well, what's this and what's that and what's different about this thing Mm -hmm. over there? And then why should I consider this? What do you think of my son? Mm. What knowing their learning, you know, kind of profile, what is going to be the right fit for them? And I was like, well, you as a family have to decide that, but I can give you a short list Mm -hmm. and then we can work together to figure out what, you know, intuitively feels right and then checks the logistical boxes too, right? Yeah. So it evolved kind of out of a common question yeah. amongst those and kind of bridging all those lenses because I think some people really specialize in one and that's brilliant. So glad that they're there. I like to link arms with those people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think there's also tremendous value in being able to kind of big picture step back and go, okay, right. yeah. I, you know, want to ideally go do this type of schooling environment ultimately, or maybe I want to go to college someday mm-hmm. or, you know whatever yeah. the after high school plan may be 
And so having somebody who can kind of say, okay, yeah. well, no matter where you are on, on right. the timeline, here are some people and professionals and resources right. to mix along. Yeah. Oh, I like that you're really thinking and building upon the future because I think oftentimes families get so caught up in the, my child's not reading at grade level. Right, right now I need them to read at grade level. So I want to solve this problem right now. But it's like there may be a bigger picture than that. Mm-hmm. There may be the reason why they're not at grade, functioning at grade level. We could catch them up, but then what's going to happen in a year? Or where are they going to be? You know, are we talk with families sometimes where like families get really caught up on like something like math, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A child is a brilliant reader and very creative or something like that. And they're struggling with math and mm-hmm. they get lost in the idea of like math is important. Sure. But it's not the end all be all. Your child is probably going to end up in some kind of career or life choices that have nothing to do with math. And while they need the functional skills, they don't. It's not the end all be all, right? You don't need to have A's in all subjects because if we're looking at their strengths. And so I think having that bigger picture of like, where are they going to be, you know, in 10, 15, 20 years is so important. Yeah, we balance between kind of the macro and micro. Mm-hmm. So and mm-hmm. so, you know, we'll look at you know, what are that learner's particular areas of ease? What are their areas of hurt? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what are their interests? And like, where are all these inter- different intersections as well as, you know, what the resources are at the family's disposal? Where are, their, where are they located? You know, what right, are they right, to? yeah. And we really try to focus on starting the whole family. You know, it maybe starts with the student, but right. you really have to kind of, in our opinion at least, really support the whole. Mm-hmm. So, Do yeah. you end up seeing yourself long-term with a family or most of the families that come to you kind of have a problem you're able to like fix it maybe they'll come back maybe they don't yeah. i'm just trying to think because i like walking them yeah i would love long-term. you just all the time is my personal part. like you know what i say but like i wonder <laughs> how you know people are able to utilize you right mm-hmm. right so even though i've been kind of doing forms of this for over a decade mm-hmm. you know teach by learn is really five and a half years young and so i can you know as far as the company goes yeah I can speak to the family for that period yeah. of time and I'd say most of them stick around and kind of mm-hmm. pop in and out yeah yeah on what's needed yeah. and so right. they may initially come to us for something as simple as test prep you know mm-hmm. for the upcoming ACT mm-hmm. and or you know next year and then they're like oh you do college counseling too like mm-hmm. oh actually you know my current college counselor had some ideas about this what's your thought on that mm-hmm. and then or we don't have one at all yeah can you help us come up with a right. roadmap mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah right you know? and then they get the support they need mm-hmm. and they you know, blessings to them. They go on their mm-hmm. journey and then, you know, they'll circle back as a freshman saying, you know, yeah. actually we're, we're having some challenges, you know, transitioning into college. Can we do some academic coaching with you? Which mm-hmm. is kind of um, our version of educational therapy. Yeah. I can explain that a little bit more if you'd like, but it's basically executive functioning support yeah. married hybrid with. Um, is that where you kind of tie in play? Yeah, well, play is actually through everything. Okay. Yeah. So play is a whole other. Which is <laughs> it's important, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean, well, so play is strategically in the middle of our name because we believe it's the connector essential connector between teaching mm-hmm. regardless so of good. whatever your age is yeah. so and kind of internally one of our things is play for all ages and, mm. and so that whether that is literally games woven into you know in educational instruction or whether that is you know fun activities that really connect to the particular learner's interests mm-hmm. or whether that's engagement of the material itself and, and creative delivery and instruction you know or it's self-care for that matter mm-hmm. you know play i think is an important part of every learner's journey throughout their lifetime yeah and so that's kind of one of our core values that is in everything so yeah. one way that manifests is we actually and i think is unique to us is the we integrate academic and creative subjects so for example we had a learner 
gosh, a few years back, who had some processing challenges and a diagnosis of ADHD. Mm-hmm. And he also had some challenges with written expression. And so we did, we were kind of initially hired for kind of history and essay writing support. Okay. And then ultimately kind of learned a little bit more about him and his learning style. And so yeah, we were doing, we were doing sessions for him for history and um, English writing and whatnot. But then he also is very passionate about music. And so oh, okay. we would take, you know, 15, 20 minute brain breaks where we actually do guitar lessons. And oh, that's really oh, cool. So, you know, or for our test prep, for example, we integrate yoga and meditation very regularly, mm-hmm. helping with test anxiety, mm-hmm. things of that nature. So, you know, we'll kind of weave art into session, academic sessions, depending on the student's interests. So that's kind of another example. I've heard about like the philosophies of someone who's really good at music and like if they're needing to memorize something, if they do it while they're like playing music, they're more likely to like retain the information. Mm -hmm. Have you ever like dived into any of like that research about? A little, yes, but I, not enough to... (laughs) <laughs> on, on a whim quote right. research clinical yeah, yeah, research yeah. or empirical evidence yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of along that philosophy with like we're more likely to learn if we're engaged and we're engaged if we're doing something that we're good at and that we enjoy right, right? Well, and there's i mean there is research that backs multiple connections going on at the same time so if, you know if while you're learning something you know you're you are linking it to mm-hmm. a connection to something else or you know even where you are in the room has mm-hmm. kind of implications to mm-hmm. what you may or may not remember. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think music kind of taps into a similar space. Yeah, so. yeah. You know, the so longer sure. that we do this podcast and the more experts and people like yourself that we talk to, we just realize, like, the current educational system just, it's, like, beyond repairable like you know everyone's like oh it's broken we just need to fix it it's just like we just need to start over well it's like we look at all of the ways that help anybody learn and it's like this wide wide spectrum of like say a million things and there's like two of them that are being used in the educational system and it's like we have all this why aren't we using it i'm not saying we even have to use the other you know million that are out there it's just some of the ones that Japan is using some of the right. ones that the UK is using. like, I mean, there's just certain things. And then just like mindfulness, right? Mm-hmm. Like you had talked about yoga and things like that. Just like stretching every hour on the hour for five minutes, like get right. up. And there are some teachers that do that and that's yeah. great. And we're so grateful yeah. for them, but that should be school wide. That should be right. statewide. That should be right. just across the United right. States. I mean, it's abysmal where we're at, you know, educationally w- compared to the globe. And it's not just about reading, writing, and arithmetic. It's about what types of people mm-hmm. are we producing, right. you know, and with Common Core, it's like, oh, we want these critical thinkers and da, da, da. And it's just like, yeah, I can see how some of those exercises, right. but the, you could do that in a plethora of right. different ways through play. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, playing a game requires critical thinking. Whether it's, I mean, I talked about this before, but I coach uh, soccer and I coach kids with disabilities and it's crazy how I'll be in IEP meetings where a parent will try to bring in information about, like, say, as like a soccer coach, like what their soccer coach can provide about like how they learn and the school will be so quick to say that's not an educational environment and like I sit here like when I like to think that I am teaching, you know, I'm not just teaching 
how to kick the ball or how to score a goal or how to, you know, defend the goal or whatnot. It really is critical thinking skills. Like, and that is play and that is a learning environment. So that, yeah, those critical thinking skills doesn't have to be the way we do common core math where they have to come up with five ways that this answer, you know, it can be so many other ways. Absolutely. I mean, the world is a classroom. Yeah. You know, it's, I think there's kind of, we can, get a little too, well, I don't ever want to say we, I don't want to speak for anybody <laughs> right, else. Right. And then, then <laughs> like, I don't feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I have found, you know, sometimes you can get a little bit in your thinking. Yeah. And so you think of that, course. okay, learning is happening between these four walls and these mm-hmm. two, you know, covers of a textbook. And it's so not the case. Yeah. Every moment is a teachable mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. And our mm-hmm. children are, no matter the age or sponges, right. right. they're watching, they're yeah. learning, they're yeah. modeling. Recording. You know? yeah. so. We still think that learning a foreign language can be done through an app or a book. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so crazy that the United States were still like on this method of like, it's, yeah, let's do multiple choice questions and let's just memorize vocabulary. But when you think about like other countries who like learn English as their second language, like the kids learn as they're like a child and how easy it is, I feel like for other kids in other countries to learn a second language. And yet it's like us as adults, because we, we don't. start in high school. Right. That's we start like... in high school. But <laughs> no. even the way we like, I mean, I've been. I took several years of Spanish in mm-hmm. school and I am like, I am not confident to speak it. I can understand certain vocabulary that I've learned. And I tried to do an app this year. It was like one of my New Year's resolutions. <laughs> yeah, I was doing Duolingo because I thought it's a great app. it is a great app in the sense that I'm very competitive. And so like <laughs> having the challenges and stuff motivated me to do it. Right. But I did that for eight months. Mm-hmm. And am I any better? No. Maybe do I know a few more pieces of vocabulary? Yes. Mm -hmm. But am I any better at being able to pick up the phone and talk to one of our Spanish-speaking clients? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what did that do for me? But spend my time. So even the way we think about how adults will do that. But like you go, like people who go and study abroad in another country and they get fully immersed, like then they learn. And that's how people from other countries do it in America. They come to the United States and they have to learn English. I will say it does depend on the learner. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like you, where I would need to be fully immersed to really yeah. truly grasp yeah. it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen some pretty amazing adults and kiddos mm-hmm. who will interact with tech that I think like, oh, they're, I mean, that might be a nice supplement, but right. that's not, what are they right. really going to glean from it? Yeah. And they just latch on and they fly. Yeah. So yeah. it just depends on how each person's brain uniquely works right. and all the you know variables in that equation mm-hmm. and also kind of how we first started you know our tagline is learn your way you know mm. that's you know double meaning yeah right yeah yeah <laughs> so it is about learning how you learn and kind of supporting you from there so yeah yeah, yeah i think at the, i've said this a couple times are like incoming class for law school the program coordinator that was there like made us take a test online to see like what type of learner we were Mm -hmm. and it was fascinating that that was the first time that I had even thought about it one and two recognized you know some people were straight like visual and that was like great I was like a mix and I was like oh great I'm a mix like but like it was interesting because what I ended up doing studying for law school all three years was not how I studied for the bar Mm -hmm. because it was just a different way of how I needed to process the information Mm -hmm. and that was like in outlines or whatever and in law school I did note cards like that's all I did but for the bar it was just something completely different and it's like 
I didn't have that opportunity to stop and think, okay, I need to do something different. Like who knows, like I may not have passed the first time, but I think that it's a shame that it took that long, you know, for I'm like well into my twenties and like, what? I'm just realizing that now or the beginning of my twenties. I shouldn't say that. I'm not that old. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Controversial. You know, there are many people who are saying like, oh, you know, find out your unique learning style. Right. Right. And there are people saying you're never just one, you know, right. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, more recent research would support Mm, that you may have a stronger area in one or Mm, the other. Yeah. Yeah. A stronger modality. Yeah. you're never just one. Yeah. And your your yeah. brain is always kind of interacting. Going. Yeah. Well, and as much as we learn about this with, you know, our clients, you know, we always do some self-reflecting just like Vicky just did. I think about that. I always thought I was a visual learner. Like I was the kid in high school where I color-coded my notes and I still have like things color-coded and highlighted and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I always thought, well, I'm 100% a visual learner. This is the way I learn. I can't just hear a... But I think what I've realized, because then I think back, I think we were talking to some of our law clerks who were like studying for the bar and we give them like tips, like these are the things that we did. And I think back to it and I think I'm a visual learner when I'm learning information. But with my memory, I'm an auditory learner because I can have a conversation with someone six weeks ago or six months ago or six years ago. And I remember that conversation. So obviously I'm an auditory learner. But if I'm in like an IEP meeting and we're dealing with like a goal and they're trying to read the goal to me, I need to see it. Because it's something that's new, mm-hmm. right? And it's not just a conversation. So that isn't, I'm just a visual learner. I'm a visual learner when it comes to understanding concepts, but I'm more of an auditory learner when it comes to like memory, right. which is so much more complex than I would have. And of course, yeah, I didn't figure that out until my 30s. <laughs> yeah, there's some people that can look at a piece of paper and memorize it in one fell swoop, right? right. And we're always like, whoa, they have photographic <laughs> memory, you know? But it's just right. different ways. Like yeah. one of my husband's friends is like this great mathematician, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And it's like he was talking about somebody that he encountered who kind of saw numbers as colors mm-hmm. and how he felt like he kind And I was like, what yeah. is happening? I can't deal with this. But it's just the Sounds way true. their brain, right? Yeah, that's how people right. like who are like really great composers, right? Some, they just yeah. like some of them, yeah. Some of them, yeah. I think isn't. Uh, I don't want to say this out. <laughs> Isn't John Mayer one of those? I forget what it's called. Oh, yeah. Oh. I feel like, and then I heard about it, uh, about Kanye, too. Oh, Is yeah. that how he, yeah. yeah. There's an actual name, which right. we cannot think of yeah. at this moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seems beautiful to me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it just seems so foreign to me. Like, I played saxophone right. in high school mm-hmm. and middle school, and I, I feel it on my wall here, but, like, I couldn't play it right now. And I always like to think that I was musically inclined, not singing, wouldn't even touch that with a 10-foot pole, but... The concept of, like, coming up with, like, singers and composers, they always talk about, like, I had some in my head and then I got to write it down. And I'm like, how do you even think of that? How do you think of that? Like, I just, in my mind, it's, like, inconceivable. But, like, that's how we just all have different minds and are, you know, we're able. I have no problem public speaking. And I think about people who have trouble public speaking. And I go, oh, you're just talking, right? Right. So, like, we all have our things. And so it's, like, if we're all so different in that sense, like, we should be using that in our learning. Absolutely. And, I mean, even each of those modalities is on the spectrum, too. It's, like, you may have, you know, um, incredibly fast you know, processing speeds mm-hmm. for, you know, auditory information. Mm-hmm. But like for me, for example, reading, I, I have a much slower processing speed for mm-hmm. that than but like mm-hmm. verbal mm-hmm. I'm on fire. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, you so are. In terms you of are. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Um, but in terms of being able to process yeah. information, yeah. you know, and yeah. so, you know, kind of learning your unique 
kind of levels in each of these yeah. areas and then which one is more dominant and then, mm-hmm. you know, are the other ones, you know, how can we support those? Mm-hmm. And I think you guys say learning yeah. level the playing, level playing yeah, field. Yeah. Right. So we often say level the learning field. And that's ah, essentially, yeah, that's I love that. Doing, yeah. Kind of figuring out, yeah. okay, so how do you uniquely learn at right. this point in time? Right. Because you're also growing and evolving. Yeah. Different. Yeah. Right. Depending on your age, yeah. especially. Mm-hmm. And then meeting you there. Right. And then figuring yeah and then i think that goes towards not just the way you learn but like what you do in your life and if you're doing something that you're successful at and you and it's like vicky's very much she loves writing and i don't like writing mm-hmm. i'd rather like argue verbally right and if we are doing something that we may be somewhat good at like i'm not saying i'm not a good writer i just don't prefer it right mm-hmm. but if i was forced to write all the time i would not be happy mm-hmm. and so i think there's that link there between like you know the way you learn you know dictates somewhat like what you're going to be good at but not just what you're good at but like what you can enjoy because that's the second component right we want kids to be successful in what they do, but also enjoy it and have a passion for it. 100%. What's so great is I think just having someone like yourself and a concierge, if you will, that Mm -hmm. can see that in others, right? And be able to say like, "Mm," you know, when a kid's kind of defeated and he's Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, I don't like anything. And well, you know, I noticed that you're really musically inclined, you know, and then finding that passion. I was in IEP meeting the other day and the video production teacher, the elective teacher was there and he was like, he, you know, he has a knack for it. And I just, I think it's really important that in high school, kids find something that they are really passionate about and that they feel like they can succeed at. And Mm -hmm. he's like, and that's the like group that he could like, and this kid is super athletic and really bright. So he could be in multiple, you know, he's just like everybody gravitates towards him. So he could pick anything, but it was just very interesting for the video production teacher to really say that out loud Mm -hmm. at an IEP meeting and say, you know, it's really good because he can do this for these four years. He could find a career in this. He can, and it was just such a unique way because, you know, he could just be, you know, just like, oh yeah, he's cool. Like da da da. But like to really put so much of just emphasis behind that. And especially in such a tough time, just with like hormones and all that. So it was really great, but I could see you as that for a lot of these families and finding, you know, it's easier for others to see than you. We're the hardest judges of ourselves, right? Absolutely. Our own worst critics. Yes, exactly. But I mean, I think much like how we were saying earlier, you can kind of think about education a little bit fragmented. I think learners will also get that fragmented thinking Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, because I'm not doing well in math class Mm -hmm. or, you know, gosh, writing's really hard. I hate school. Yeah, right. Yes. I don't like learning. And it yeah. literally could be an eye tracking issue. Correct. You right. say you don't like to read right. because you get so tired. Da, da, that happened right. to my friend. And then she went to the, and she's like 25. Right. Yeah. 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 And it was just yeah. like she'd get these headaches and all this right. stuff. And she bought a new mattress. She thought it was the right. way she was sleeping. And it was just like, no, you right. needed bifocals right. or something. It's like, not that you don't like to learn, right. it's that you need to find what you like to learn yeah. because, yeah, all these kids, they've got things that they love. Like, yeah. you know, anything that you're passionate about, you know, like I'm really into sports and so I could talk about different athletes and different teams and I know that and like but that's learning right right? you're learning about Mm -hmm. the different athletes and you're learning about the rules so like yeah like anything is learning you gotta find what's like they're passionate about absolutely and so yeah nurturing that love of learning is like kind of our number one at the bottom of it all Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. so 
you know, and there are certain things like you may not love to do, you know, certain math practice. Right. Yeah. But it doesn't actually, mean you're bad at it. Right. Yeah. And right. additionally, you know, there's a way where we can provide strategies and mm-hmm. approaches to make it much more accessible. Yeah. To make it potentially even more enjoyable. Right. And then, you know, you are still kind of progressing on these foundational skills yeah. and then helping kids see the larger goal of like, right. this is why you're learning this right. and connecting to real world in yeah. experiential ways. <clears throat> yeah. That again, kind of reinforces that love of learning because it's right. like, oh, I'm not just drill and killing these worksheets. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, maybe this act maybe actually is a waste of time. Or maybe, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's yeah. actually an important step. It yeah. depends on, you know, yeah. just getting through it and yeah. having that mentality because, you know, we're going to have to do things that we don't enjoy mm-hmm. in life. That's just life. That and I life. think learning that at a young age puts a lot of things into different perspective. And I wanted to go back to how you were talking about maybe with um, college planning that executive functioning that's a big adjustment right like all of a sudden you're living away from your parents and then you have laundry and you have you know dishes or you know whatever i you're working you're working exactly what does that look like so many new things Mm -hmm. in your life yeah. That people just think, oh, no, you'll, you know, you'll mm-hmm. figure it out. And it's just like, no. Like, it's like if I never learned how to pump gas as a teenager or right, I never right. learned how to do laundry or I don't know how to cook at all. Yeah. And how do I go about learning? And so then the strategies that they learn through you and a little bit through school, then I think I had read an article where it's like home ec classes, like, you know, we're, we're in this phase and it's mainly our generation where it was all about like, girl power and like finding your identity and what's happened with a lot of people. I've, and I've been reading a lot of book about this, but the transition into motherhood mm. and how like I was one person for 32 years of my life. And right. it was all about like, blah, 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 mm-hmm. like girl power. And then it's like a sudden shift and like nobody's talking about that. And I think that these transitions in our lives, when you go from being a student, that's just like basically everything is handed to you. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to college and it's just like your parents are like, oh, well, my parents just dropped me off. And it's like you were a different generation and that may have worked for you. It probably didn't really. Mm -hmm. But like we are a different generation. And so like that's where I find the void and that you are able to fill, Mm -hmm. which was why we were very excited to have you on, because I think a lot of different people tout themselves as that and they're not right. it's just like one well, part it's of like it. surface level it's yes. let me help you plan to what college you're going to and how you're going to pay for it right. then it doesn't yes. go to the second step of well what happens when you get there because right. mm-hmm. it doesn't end mm-hmm. there the first day of college yeah or when mm-hmm. you move into your dorms or maybe you're living in an apartment or whatnot mm-hmm. there's so much more and yeah. especially when you're talking about individuals who have learning differences mm-hmm. or disabilities different kinds you know mm-hmm. those executive functioning skills actually develop it takes longer. Longer, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. it's not that you know they're necessarily lazy or... Which we always you know, see, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. they can't learn these skills. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, joke. My brain is entirely overwhelmed by this. Right. Yeah. I, right. My prefrontal yeah. cortex can't... Right. Cannot. Right. Cannot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 People Absolutely. just don't understand. <laughs> Similar how you were saying, like, I don't see how people see color. Yeah. Like, people don't understand. He cannot turn in his homework. I know it seems really easy to you. You just take it right. out and you put it on the right. desk. But you don't have an issue with what it, how yeah. your brain is processing, and this child has that challenge. Right. And it's like is the bane of our existence when we have teachers that just don't like they're just like, but all my other students do it, and yeah. it's like, or they create goals. They're neurotypical. That are, right, like right. I don't understand. They have goals that are like <laughs> or even acknowledge. Yeah, just acknowledge. Yeah, Johnny. The goals are like Johnny will turn in, turn in 90% of his homework. How is it a goal? Like, we already established that he can't do it. How? Like, How is he doing that? 
Right. Like, that's <laughs> not, like, how are you going to work on that? It's You're like, just putting the burden on him. I feel like I see parallels to kind of the medical field mm -hmm. where, you know, you'll kind of treat the symptom and then there's like this branch yes. of functional medicine that's really mm -hmm. trying to get to like, what's the root of this? Yeah. The root. Yeah. So it's like, okay, he doesn't turn in homework. You know, that setting a goal of he needs to turn in more homework mm -hmm. is kind of addressing the, the, the fire, yeah. but not yeah, necessarily yeah. the root. Yeah. Right. And yep. then instead of saying, well, why isn't he turning in homework? Yep. Is mm -hmm. it, you know, and I could list a number of different right. reasons. Right. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So then on the, you do so much for, you know, the students, but then I know you talk about how you collaborate and everything. Yeah. And I know on your website you have Edupreneur. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm all about like, mm -hmm. okay, so talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So Edupreneurs is a passion project of mine. It's the, you know, mesh of educational entrepreneurs. Yeah. Entrepreneurs. Okay. So, so good. We need to start using that. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could take 100% credit for that. I did start using it many years ago, but I'm starting to see it pop up all different uh -huh. kinds of places, uh -huh. primarily in the ed tech space. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's also a term that's very huge in India in a lot of different ways. Oh, interesting. But we use it a little differently because my definition of what an entrepreneur is mm -hmm. is much broader. Okay. And so we define it, you know, our mission is really to build a global network of the entrepreneurs for mm -hmm. using education as a vehicle for change. Okay. And so that might be a business owner such as myself yeah. that has an education company. Mm -hmm. It may be an innovative teacher or an innovative school, you know, mm -hmm. administrator. Yeah. It is you guys, you know, as yeah. young, you know, business women mm -hmm. and as well as advocates in the educational right. sector. We have ed tech, we have mm -hmm. activists, we have teachers turned mm -hmm. boss, you know, Yeah. Because yeah. education isn't just K through 12. No, again, like we've already established right. that learning is a lifelong. Right. Always non-linear experience. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this entrepreneurs is kind of the other side of the coin. So Teach by Learn is wow. very much kind of facing the families, facing the yeah. children. The individual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And entrepreneurs is, is facing incredible. The, the professionals that are providing the yeah. services, mm -hmm. the products, yeah. the schools, mm -hmm. the experiences on a global level. Yeah. I love that. We talk about, we had a, a retreat for our nonprofit over the summer and kind of just getting back to the root of like, our purpose, right? Our purpose of our business and how we're pivoting and everything and really looking at what is it that we want to see. And, and we went through the whole spectrum of like, well, we want a bettered society. We want a society that's inclusive. And so how do you do that? You need to do that through educating people. And it's not just, okay, we want to focus. And we talked about the fact that like when we use the word education, like most people think, oh, well, you're talking about school and not, well, no, we're actually like, sometimes we're talking about school, but we're also talking about education, which hits everybody. 100%. And I think that's where a lot of times people miss because they hear the word education and they tune out because it doesn't apply to them because maybe they're not in school or they don't have kids in school. And so therefore it doesn't apply to them, but it right. does. It does. Well, and even within our community, you know, we have business coaches, mm -hmm. we have wellness coaches, we have um, consultants of all different kinds. Mm -hmm. right? And it's the, the mission is really as a community to help support each other's individual missions. Yeah. Because can you imagine if all these entrepreneurs' missions came true? Like, what right? Yeah. World well, we just yeah, <laughs> exactly. Nonprofit in the community. Right. Right. And yeah. I think it more importantly, you know, I can't teach somebody that doesn't want to be taught, right? Mm -hmm. So it's that exposure. Mm -hmm. I think is what's most important. So like, you just listed off a couple different coaches that I'm sure people are just like, what, what? is a well? I know we're in LA, and so everybody right. has Some a therapist know, but... <laughs> and like a wellness coach, and you know, right. whatever. I don't remember 
people going to like college coaches no and like do you no. like right like just going to an sat class was like major i don't even remember that many people doing that like i remember we had our quote I, unquote, I didn't do it and that's probably no. why i did so bad on the SATs. yeah i remember having a quote-unquote college or career center at a school but i remember all it was is like you go there and you got pamphlets about schools in the area or like ivy leagues or whatnot and it's like okay so i'm gonna go and tell you but like even that like i remember thinking now being an adult so many people go to Wait, so many an adult <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> barely barely yeah i'm Wait, so young what? i'm so young what? like me people all the time that go to colleges have never heard of and i think about like growing up in southern california you know about the UCs and you know about the Cal States. Mm-hmm. But I never had anyone tell me about all these Exposure, amazing like colleges. Yeah, 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 yeah. All over the place that may have been a yeah. wonderful like fit for me, but I never knew. Closer to 5,000 is it in, now in the United States. That's alone. incredible. And you could find a college for anyone. You yes. really could. Yeah. 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 Could but you we're imagine not... if you went, yeah, if you didn't yeah. even, yeah. So even that alone wasn't even like yeah. a... Well, and it's actually similarly true. I mean, we do admissions consulting for little guys all the way up to college. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, especially in a place like Los Angeles. Oh my gosh, yeah. So many different mm-hmm. Yeah. The junior version of the same conversation yeah and families are like for preschool oh yeah school or you know it's incredible yeah. yeah montessori yeah. and waldorf oh my gosh, and yeah. charter school oh my and gosh. online and Are public you? school yeah. private yeah 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 yeah. So, They're all great. It just depends right. on what, you know, you can have pros and cons to each. But right. It's really mm-hmm. about what's the right fit for your learner exactly. and your family right. and yeah. what are your family's philosophies and values. And right. So yeah. we really right. try to keep an open mind and open heart. Sorry, I know we're talking about entrepreneurs, but we're back into No, 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 no. It so all fine. intermingles yeah. and yeah. intertwines. It does. It does. I thought at first so, it made it like it was Friday Night Lights. It was like full hearts, but can't lose. But you said something different. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's where my brain, we are all so, over the so place. So, entrepreneurs, oh, yeah. you tell us, like, how do people get involved? Is that yeah, like a yeah. thing? Do you it have is. like networking and it stuff? Okay. Yeah. So it's an idea I had about, oh gosh, many, many years ago. Okay. And then just kind of incubated on the side mm-hmm. as a passion project. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, teach, play, learn, of course. And, yeah. And then my other real estate venture yeah yeah <laughs> was taking over um most of my time yeah and then this year i was like you know what this is like now or never right people, people were joining the newsletter before they i had anything wow awesome were, nice you know, small following on social media yeah. at this point but people are engaged and i was like okay this is really resonant yeah. it's not just me who thinks this would be a nice idea right i deserve to at least give it an opportunity to grow you know yeah well i mean you need to tell us how we can get involved yeah Yeah, i would love to so this year we've launched an our in-person series although we're also going to do it online as well okay any of these aren't local we call them eddies (laughs) (laughs) it's called office hours okay so that is kind of like a mini mastermind session with fellow entrepreneurs or you know those who are using education in some capacity yeah and that's really where you know we talk about your frustrations, your also your wins because you got to celebrate all yes, the stuff. Yes, you do. Uh huh. And then you have you know a space of kindred spirits to kind of bounce ideas off of the brainstorm. Mm-hmm. And then we launched recently another in-person event called Recess, which is an event series that we're going to do throughout the year that is all different 
it's basically if office hours is like we get it done yeah recess is the all play no work ah oh, i love because, that again back to play right? yeah yeah <laughs> we all need adults need it too sign me up <laughs> yeah i know you sold yeah, like everything works better if you unplug it every once in a while, include the side yes. computer. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. The same way, right? Yeah. So we did a yoga dance party recently. <sighs> We've got a bunch of other really fun events kind of slated oh for gosh. next year. Yes. And then, you know, we have a few other things behind the scenes. Well, I don't want to talk about it yet, but maybe I'll come back and share all of that. <laughs> okay, yes. we need to stop recording um, so we can talk to her yes. about it. No, I'm <laughs> we need to be signed. I'm sure a lot of our listeners, because like, we have so many professionals that listen we to our podcasts, yeah. too, that I'm sure this would be, I mean, we're all kindred spirits here. All of us talk, yeah. like, you know, we're all part of this conversation. And so I can't wait to learn more. Yeah, it's very much similar to kind of my overall philosophy with the Teach Play Learn side. Entrepreneurs are very much community over competition. Yep. Like we have oh, many, love many, many business yeah. owners who have we're in similar spaces right, and it's right. not about like, oh, but there's room for all of us. No, there's room for everyone. Yeah. yeah. This, this is a big world. Right. Yes. But the more of us that can help, the better. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's there's 7 around. million students in yeah. the state of California <laughs> alone. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's not 7 million professionals. Yeah. yeah. Or you mean, Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So, and so if people want to reach out to yeah. you either with either of the businesses, what's the best way that they can find you? Well, let's see. Probably the website. Okay. okay. Although both of them are kind of going through a rebrand at the moment. It's, That's I mean, right. We've, we've done the same. Right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll, we'll include we'll that in the, in the show notes. notes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the for entrepreneurs, it's edupreneurs.club. So edupreneurs.club mm. backslash join. And okay. um, it's free to join. The, the mission is always to keep it free to join yeah. you know some events and things may have costs and things of in the course. future yeah but we're really we want it to be accessible yeah. we want it yes to, the whole point is to facilitate conversations mm-hmm. and connection between eddies right and yeah. to showcase also what they're doing right. and learn from each other right yeah, so absolutely. and then teach by learn is teachbylearn.com so Easy simple peasy. i love it it's just it speaks volumes though like the office yeah. hours mm-hmm. just like titling that it's perfect recess just like I we all need a little memory recess. about it like okay and it's a little bit of a spin and it's just it makes things very memorable which yes we appreciate and yeah. you were very memorable well thank you yes. thank you so Likewise. much it's such an honor to be here oh my gosh oh, <laughs> i love your stop podcast. oh my gosh no, tell us just more okay. even more <laughs> no we're, we're thank you so much for being part of this and we will talk See to you, you next week later bye, bye.